And a couple of verses there, Colossians 2, uh, 6 and 7. An interesting dichotomy that uh, the apostle uh, states here, and uh, as we'll, you'll see as we get into it. Let's read uh, verse 6 and verse 7. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now my, my topic, my theme will be walking with God. But uh, I thought, huh, how can we walk when we're rooted and built up and established? Well, that's what the Lord can do. Amen. But walking with the Lord is what we want to emphasize. Now, it's very simple to uh, open your concordance on your device or in the back of your Bible or wherever uh, you find handy and look up the word walk. And there would be an abundance of scriptures. We're not going to cover them all tonight. We're going to look at a few, but I want to emphasize the concept, the principle, walking with God. Praise God. And I'm thankful we are privileged uh, to have that opportunity and to be able to uh, have uh, this journey. Praise God. And um, who knows, it may draw to a close in this year. As, as I said, the things in the Middle East are rapidly changing uh, and uh, things accelerating in terms of conflict. But um, uh, the, the Lord, the Lord could choose this time to come. You can be seated. God bless you. When we, when we think about walking with God, um, naturally, our minds go to the patriarchs as um, how long did it take them to train a horse, uh, to hook up a, a donkey, well, to get a wheel. <laughs> um, I, don't think, I, I don't think it was cavemen that grunted at each other and, um, and uh, whapped each other on the head with a club and so on. Uh, I, I think the Lord... <laughs> created us with a, a whole lot more potential than that. And, um, and so I don't think it was very long that they, um, that they got things, can we say mechanized? Is that mechanized? No, that wouldn't be mechanized. That would be, you know what I mean, you know, carts, wagons, and so on. But the main mode of transportation was walking. So, look at Genesis 5 and 22, and uh, Enoch twice declared that he walked with God. And um, all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. That's quite a long while, but not as long as uh, many others. And, uh, and again... Verse 24, in particular, is important there in Genesis 5. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now, that doesn't mean he was killed. Hebrews 11 gives more clarification 
of what happened here, he was translated or transferred. Quite a transfer. <laughs> Praise God. But before he was translated, Hebrews 11 points out, he had a testimony. And his testimony, well, you can imagine walking with God for 300 years, he had a lot of testimonies. But the testimony that Hebrews 11 mentions is he pleased God. He pleased God. And uh, by this time, he's, he's the seventh generation from Adam. So by this time, there's, there's a, a swelling population. Uh, I read that we're going to hit 8 billion uh, in this year. Uh, that's quite a population. It was nowhere near that in Enoch's time. But there was enough people with enough ideas and enough peer pressure that he could have stepped aside from his walk with God and did not accomplish a goal of pleasing the Lord. He could have, but thank God he didn't. And the scriptures bear that out. He walked with God, and he should not see death. So God moved him from this world to the eternal. And, um, and Jude 14 says, Enoch, also the seventh from Adam, prophesied. Wow. He had a heart for God. He pleased the Lord, and he was gifted with the, uh, the prophecy that the Lord imparted to him. And uh, he, Jude records that he said, Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. And that's, uh, that's quite a statement. Now, how could he do that? Because Isaiah 46 and 10 assures us that the Lord knows the end from the beginning. And so he can impart those things, and obviously he did, to Enoch, who pleased God, who had a heart for the Lord, who had a desire for God, and did not depart from his purpose of pleasing the Lord. In spite of what may have been going on in society, and we know it was getting worse. And in Noah's time, um, the Lord decided uh, he's, he's got to make some changes. But I, I like to think about Enoch being translated or transferred as a type of the church being caught away. Elijah and the chariot of fire, the horses of fire, and uh, being caught away. Uh, Philip uh, baptizing the Ethiopian and uh, being caught away in the spirit. Praise God. That's what's coming. That's what we got to be ready for. Praise God. And we thank the Lord for it. Noah had to get ready. Three generations after Enoch. And uh, that short period of time, things really went downhill. And, um, but yet, Genesis, Genesis 6 and 9, Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. There again is that phrase that we see emphasized in the word of the Lord. He was just and perfect in spite of the condition of society and the world around him. And, and it was those conditions that brought on the flood. But in spite of those ungodly times, he walked with the Lord. And the Bible says he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, 
The world was wicked. Its wickedness was, uh, was continuous and uh, rampant. And uh, the thoughts were only evil continually. The imaginations were only evil continually. I think that's significant that the word says continually because it wasn't a one-shot deal. It wasn't a mistake here and a mistake there. It just continued to get worse and worse. And they didn't change. They didn't repent. Uh, even with a huge object lesson, like an ark, that was being constructed by Noah and his sons. Um, Hebrews 11.7, again, there's commentary from Hebrews 11, because these men uh, walked by faith, worked by faith, lived by faith. And by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Um, Hadn't rained yet, hadn't flooded yet. None of those drastic circumstances had never occurred. And so you can imagine the mockery, the ridicule, the persecution that may have come as the ark was being constructed. But he prepared that ark, Hebrews 11:7 says, to the saving of his house. Only eight entered the ark, but it was Noah's household, and, uh, and, and I can imagine how grateful he was that they were there with him. Now, it was an ark built by amateurs, uh, no prior experience, no, uh, you know, they got the blueprint from God, and uh, I often, one of my imagination goes, you know, with this, this project, uh, put pitch on the inside and the outside, picture on the inside that's sticky and we've got animals in here you know and all all kinds of human reasoning you know may have gone on but Noah did as God commanded he walked with God he entered the ark God shut the door and the rain and floods came so uh, even though they had no experience God provides and God prepares those that he calls. I think the Lord quickened Noah's mind and the minds of his sons as they figured out how to cut the angles, how to um, uh, cure the wood, how to, how to do all of that stuff, because they'd never done it before, especially a project that size, you know, a 20-footer, a 30-footer. Um, it might be a little more manageable. But my word, this was huge. And, uh, and they got it done. So the faith that they operated on uh, prepared them for things not seen as yet. And I believe our faith prepares us for things not seen as yet, both negative and positive. Because God wants to continue to honor his word and bring forth his promises. And the world continues to want to go away from those things. So we're caught in a, in, a, in a pull in, in, in both directions. But our faith is going to make us walk with God and hold on to his promises. Praise God. Now, it's an odd combination of phrases here to um, that he became an heir of salvation and uh, he condemned the world. Uh, the heir of, of righteousness, uh, which is by faith. And um, so how... Hmm. But 
What I got out of it is no one in his family proved you can live for God. They became heirs of righteousness when there was a world of wickedness. And, um, and he condemned the world as a result of his lifestyle. And uh, God help us uh, to be able to stay true in our walk with God and be able to hold on and uh, not with condemnation, but the condemnation will be there because of the world, of those who chose to ignore the things of God. They didn't listen to your testimony. They didn't follow through on what you taught them from the Word of God. And um, they're not going to have an excuse because you've shown by example how to serve the Lord, how to walk with God, and they've walked away. Well, um, God help us to stay with it. Abraham being called out, 90 years old, in uh, Genesis 17 and 1. 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And so he did. He walked in those promises. He walked in the sacrifice. He walked in obedience. And uh, the, the tents were transitory, his lifestyle was transitory. You know, some might argue, well, because he had flocks. He had to keep moving. They, they couldn't eat the grass down to nothing. They had to keep moving to find uh, pasture. Well, that's true. But he also could have stayed in one place like Lot did. But he didn't. He continued to follow the Lord. He built altars. You, you read through Genesis and you find places that he built altars. The plain of Morath, Bethel, and then Bethel again. And then the plain of Mamre. And then Mount Moriah. What was significant about Mount Moriah? Offer your son Isaac. Whoa. But he did. He built an altar. He laid the wood on it. And he put Isaac on the wood. But Jehovah Jireh showed up. Praise God. And thank the Lord that uh, his walk with God uh, did not falter. He, he kept on. Jacob walked in the wilderness. He didn't even know God was there. He walked to Laban's house, worked for him for those 14 years, well, actually 20 years, and then he decided time to walk back uh, to my homeland. His family and his flocks um, uh, increased tremendously, and... Uh, they started back, and you know the conflict with Esau. We won't take a whole lot of time there, but we know his walk changed and his name changed in a prayer meeting one night. Praise God. Good changes. And thank the Lord. We can be changed, and we can make changes as we determine to walk with the Lord and uh, let our lives be transformed as well. Did you ever look at the... Uh, the back of your Bible in, in uh, the maps and see how far it is from Joppa to Tarshish. You know, I, I, for some reason I thought uh, Tarshish was Tarsus. You know, we're Saul of Tarsus. It's not. Those are different cities. Tarshish is clear at the other western end of the Mediterranean, over 2,000 miles. So Joppa, uh, 
being where God told him to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was 550 miles to the east. Still a pretty good jaunt. But, but Jonah, I don't know if he chuckled and thought, I'm getting away with this. No, I'm getting out of here. A Mediterranean cruise. Here he goes. Didn't turn out the way he thought. How long did it take him to walk the 550 miles? Let's say that the, the fish barfed him out on the beach there by Joppa. He changed into some dry clothes, untangled the seaweed from his hair, and started walking. 550 miles, that's a long hike. And then Nineveh itself, uh, three days to get into to walk across the city. The, the city itself was huge. And, uh, and he preached. And I often wonder, what if he had a good attitude? How great would the revival have been? But he went with a terrible attitude. <laughs> and, he, and God still granted repentance. Praise God. Let's make sure our walk with the Lord is strong. Okay, so now, our spiritual walk. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Uh, there's a debate on whether we receive Christ or Christ receives us. You know, and theologians go back and forth on that. It's both. You look in the scripture and it's both. Because uh, I open the door and he comes in and sups with me and I with him. Uh, John 1 and 12, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Look at John 13 and 20. A lot of receiving here in uh, John 13 and 20. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send, oh, the Lord sends, receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. So there's the recognition of, uh, of power and authority that we are receiving. And thank God, once we're on the receiving end of the Lord, I'm thankful it just keeps getting better and better. We receive faith and grace, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, power, mercy, compassion. It just goes on and on and on. Joy unspeakable. Praise God. So walk ye in him. And I think about um, some who make a, uh, a quest, a great effort to accomplish something. Mountain climbers. And uh, not just read out in Iliamna or, or somewhere over there, but uh, Everest. And um, Kilimanjaro, you know, all of uh, the, the different uh, mountains that uh, mountaineers target and, uh, and say they want to, they want to climb. Uh, well, right, right here, Denali. And uh, how big that is. They bear the expense of the expedition. They meet the dangers and the demands of that effort. And they say, because it's there. Yeah, it's there. 
I have no desire to endanger my life to climb up there. And of course, the ones who have would tell me, it's obvious you've not been to the top. It's obvious I'm not going to go to the top. (laughs) I'm not going to walk that way. I'm going to walk with God. Men have walked on the moon. What's the gravity? One-sixth? That would be interesting. But I like the pictures of uh, the moon exploration, especially uh, the astronaut saluting the flag. That's good. The picture of the earth rising over the horizon of the moon. Wow. It's pretty incredible. But how much good comes out of it? I guess there's a lot of good that comes out of it, but so much better to walk with God. Amen. To have that as our uh, commitment, our desire, our focus. Amen. Because it has benefit to this life and the one to come. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Not just this year. Not just, uh, you know, a short period of time, but forevermore. Praise God. And I'm thankful for it. You know, I, I, I got to thinking about old songs. We, you know, we had fun with the bird's eye um, when we were singing. But I, I started thinking about the old songs that talk about walking with the Lord. And um, in the garden. Uh, you know, we don't use our songbooks very often, but it, it, it'd be good to just open them up and read the words sometimes because uh, they've got a lot of truth and a lot of meaning. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own and the joy we share as we tarry there. Oh, my. Praise God. None other have ever known. Well, they have, but not like you. You have your own unique experience. That's why your testimony is unique as well. Just a closer walk with thee. Page 47. Grant it, Jesus, is my plea. Praise God. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord. Let it be. We've got memories of granddad singing that. His great deep voice. Let it be. Or something like that. Page 255, when I walk up the streets of gold, that's where he is now, praise God. When I walk up the streets of gold, how my heart will rejoice in that morning when I walk up the streets of gold. Praise God. Page 4, walking by faith with Christ the Lord, trusting completely in his word, with the assurance he will guide me over the foam. Having no cause to fear or dread, fear of the things that lie ahead, walking by faith with Jesus my Lord on the way home, walking by faith with Jesus the Lord, striving each day to gain the reward. Till I reach home, no more will I roam, walking by faith in Jesus the Lord on my way home. Praise God. Amen. And... uh, uh, this chorus is not in the songbook, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful chorus. It's a prayer. Let me walk with you, Jesus. Don't ever leave me alone. For without you, I could never, 
No, never make heaven my home. I've been on the mountain with Jesus. I've been in the valley so low, but not one time has he failed me when to him with my burdens I go. Now, those songs are nice, but I'm thankful we can be anchored in Scripture as well. Let's take a look at a few of them here real quick. Galatians 5 and 25, live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Praise God. So thank the Lord. Uh, it's a, uh, a powerful experience that we can have as we uh, worship, as we feel the mighty power of His Spirit, and then uh, when things kind of settle down a bit, we, we still walk in the Spirit. Praise God. Romans 6 and 4. These are going to have uh, uh, aspects of, of um, what the walk is. And Romans 6 and 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Walk in that newness. Praise God. Expect it to continue. See what the Lord is going to bring to you. Ephesians 5 and 2. Ephesians 5 and 2 gives this aspect of walking. Walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. That's that, that sacrifice. Praise God. Walk in love. Chapter 5 and verse 8 of Ephesians. You were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. What a, what a tremendous difference. Walk as children of light. Praise God. That's our walk. 1 John 1 and 7 is one that we uh, uh, quote often. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Praise God. What a tremendous outcome. What an awesome experience that we have as we walk with the Lord to be cleansed by his blood. Amen. And there's no sin that can't be cleansed. Praise God. And there's no devil that can defeat the blood. Amen. So let's keep walking. In the light. Second John 1 and 6. Now, there's only one chapter in those, isn't there? Verse 6. This is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. You look back to those patriarchs, have faith like them, have obedience like them. Follow through on the commands like them. Praise God. And even though we're facing adversaries and obstacles and problems that no other generation has faced, you can do it. You can walk with God. Praise God. And 3 John, verse 4, um, I'm sure Noah uh, would be able to agree with this. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now, 
John, of course, is referring to converts. He's referring to the church. And I, I, don't, you know, I don't know if he had children, um, but he's, he's knowing that um, this church, this, this, this group that I preach to, that now I'm writing to, I'm glad they're walking in truth. Praise God. An author named Arthur Pink wrote a lot of uh, uh, books on uh, spiritual themes, had a lot of good insights, offered these comments about walk. We walk before him as children. And the, the prepositions change here. We walk after him as servants. We walk with him as friends. And then we walk in him as members of his body. Praise God. Now, that sounds linear, and it, and it is. We're, we, you know, we're, we're progressing. We're moving. But it's also a cycle. I find myself as a child calling on my father, Lord, I'm, I'm hurting. Lord, I'm crying. Lord, help me. Amen. And uh, then as a friend or a servant uh, or uh, as a, a member um, of his body, praise God. I'm thankful that, that walking with him is a continuous progression, but also a cycle. As we feel the need in any aspect of that relationship, he responds. Praise God. Now, the rooted and built up and established. I'm glad that uh, that's part of our, uh, our place and, and uh, our walk in him. It sounds stationary. It sounds unmovable. But it's actually referring to being strong and steady. No, not, we say, wishy-washy, uh, jellyfish, you know, however, spineless, however you want to uh, refer to it in terms of weakness, but it's being rooted. Yo, know, you, you see a root, does it look like it's alive? It's not green, doesn't have any leaves or branches or anything. Um, amazing how those aspen can spread like they do. The roots go shooting off underground, and poop, up they come. And you pull one of those up, and the root goes about six feet and snaps off. But it doesn't look like it's alive. But it's carrying nutrients. It's carrying water. And um, it's necessary for growth. So we're rooted, praise God. And then built up, springing forth built up. There's increase. There's growth. There's addition. There's multiplication. The devil wants to divide, but we're not going to do that. We're going to see what the Lord is able to do in addition and multiplication. And then established. Praise God. A powerful beginning. You know, you'll see a company established, and uh, then they'll give the year to signify how long they've been in business that you can rely on their experience, and, and, uh, and so on. But when I looked up established in the dictionary, I was uh, amazed to see definition number seven, which means beyond doubt. Establish, beyond doubt. And the example they gave was established, the court established my innocence. Okay, but I like that word. Uh, established to refer to beyond doubt. 
That's where we need to be, praise God, established and making sure we're in the place where God wants us to be. With thanksgiving. I like the way, too, that thanksgiving is it's not tagged on. It's not added on. It, it's, it's a qualifier. It's saying, don't, don't leave this out. Make sure it's a part of your walk. And uh, uh, we know the scripture sell, tells us, don't be anxious, don't worry, don't be upset. But in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And so we, we try to uh, implement that and not leave out the thanksgiving. Why is the thanksgiving included? Because you need to review from time to time what God has already done for you. Amen. We say it, count your blessings. You know, we say it in different ways. But thanksgiving is a review of what God has already done. Praise God. And since he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's going to keep doing it. And so you keep on. Praise God. And it reminds you to testify. Thanksgiving reminds you to testify of God's goodness. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise God. And thank the Lord. But then we've got to consider why walking? Why is this emphasis on walking? And uh, I know there's uh, a focus on fitness in our time um, and treadmills and, and um, uh, walking paths and all of those kinds of things are provided. To, you know, uh, one of the fitness aspects is walking. But my goodness, we're so mechanized and we want to get there so quick. And uh, we... we you know, it amazes me the people who endanger themselves and everybody else on the road uh, to gain five seconds as we're driving into Soldatna. And I catch them up at the light by Fred Meyer anyway. Doesn't make any sense. But that's, we're always in a hurry. We always got to get going. But walking, look at the patriarchs again. Look at what they accomplished. Look at how they spent time with the Lord. Look at how their faith increased. Look at how the walls of Jericho came down. Praise God. Those four lepers. And uh, did they hear the promise of Elisha saying, tomorrow at this time, there's going to be abundance. And they were gross. What was going on as far as what they were forced to eat. And uh, yet the promise Tomorrow at this time, wow. What, you know, what if th there was an unction that came tomorrow at this time? You're not going to be here. You're going to be dancing on streets of gold. <laughs> Praise God. Well, those four lepers looked at one another and saw death, slow death. And their stomachs growled, and they knew that meant death. Because they were starving. And they said, why sit we here till we die? So they got up and started moving. And, and um, whatever the state of leprosy was that they had, were probably pretty advanced. 
I don't think they took off in a quick march. I, I think they kind of shuffled along. I think they kind of supported one another. I think they, they thought, you know, or maybe discussed it. How long is it going to take us to get there? I don't know. They're camped over here somewhere. What if they kill us? Well, we're dying anyway. And uh, somehow, a huge microphone with even larger speakers got put on their feet. And every footstep echoed in the camp of the enemy and confusion and chaos. And they started grabbing, uh, well, they, actually, they didn't grab anything. They left it all and, and ran. They thought, an army is coming to slaughter us. And, uh, and they walked into the enemy's camp. Praise God. You know, our walk with God may seem pretty simple, and it is. It may seem long, long-term, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? It just, it just keeps on and on and on. <laughs> you think, oh, God, help us, Lord. You know, I, I don't know if I can keep walking. But what if God is going to magnify and amplify and glorify himself with the example of your walk with him? Hmm. And a revival that we have never seen. Family members coming to the Lord, neighbors coming to the Lord, fellow workers, whatever. You know, it just, God can do it. Let's keep walking. Let's keep going. Praise God. Now, Isaiah 40 and verse 31. Waiting on the Lord, our strength being renewed, has this impact on uh, modes of travel. Three of them. You can mount up with wings as eagles. You can run and not be weary. You can walk and not faint. Uh, that's pretty incredible. That's, that's, that's similar to um, the lepers and uh, the impact that their footsteps had. Praise God. But the question is, which mode of travel are we going to spend the most time in? We do mount up with wings as eagles, spiritually, unable to fly and, and see great vistas and distances and, and uh, just be in a glorious realm with God. And, and we can run, praise God. The psalmist said, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall, praise God, and, uh, and not get weary. But walking and not fainting is where we're going to spend the majority of our time. And we need our strength renewed to do that. So wait on the Lord. Now wait doesn't necessarily mean you're sitting twiddling your thumbs, crossing your arms, 
you know, dozing off, you know, that sort of thing. That, that waiting is, is, is also done in motion. It's also done in, in activity. Praise God. Because Jesus said, occupy till I come, right? We're waiting for him to come, but he said, occupy. What does that mean? Yeah, we're occupying, we're here. No, it means stay busy. Do the work of the Lord. Follow through on what God wants you to do. Praise God. And so, uh, being able to uh, continue in that realm, I think, is very important. Because look at the benefits of walking. Um, uh, most of us here in Alaska have hiked trails. We've, um, uh, we've walked uh, distances, you know, maybe not miles and miles and miles, but we've, we've walked some distances. And, uh, and we spent time doing that because it's, um, it just it just takes time, and so you uh, you're hiking along, and you've got time to uh, to watch the surroundings, to gain an awareness, to appreciate what you're seeing, and not you know we used to say um, go on like sixty. That used to be fast to us. Actually, kind of slow now, isn't it? And uh, but yet, going like sixty is—you're uh, not going to see a whole lot. I mean, a as far as detail and and being aware of your surroundings and so on. And then, if you're walking with somebody, look at the value of of time that you have to visit, and that's what the Lord's after. That's what He wants with us. That's why walking is emphasized so much in Scripture, both by example and by command. And, and so, okay, I'm going to walk with him. Praise God. And my time with him is appreciated. And uh, the things he, he tells me is, is noted, and, and, and I'm more aware of where I am and what I need to do and how I need to uh, live and act. Praise God. Because we have a destiny in mind. Paths of righteousness for his namesake. Praise God. And those paths are leading us somewhere. It's not the broad way to destruction. No, straight is the gate. Narrow is the way. But it leads to life everlasting. Praise God. And those streets of gold are where you're going to be walking someday. And then the tree of life, it's got 12 fruit. You're going to walk around that, and you're going to look up. wonder what that tastes like. You're going to reach up up there and grab it. Big old bite. <laughs> Praise God. The river of life, you're going to walk on its banks. You're going to see the water sparkle. You're going to be able to smell the smells. Wow. Because walking gives the opportunity for all of those things. Amen. And then you'll walk up to that throne. You came boldly before it when you were praying. Now, you're just walking there to worship. 
They're just walking there to thank him. Praise God. Oh, man. What a, what a destiny our God has in store for us. Amen. Don't be afraid to walk through the open doors. The open door is big question mark sometimes. What's going to happen on the other side? What, what is there on the other side? Know this. He's there on the other side. Don't be afraid to walk through it. Praise God. Now, you, you know what I'm referring to. I'm referring to teaching that Bible study, telling your testimony, inviting someone to share group. Praise God. And, and testifying of his marvelous works. Amen. The open door. And then praying. Praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That's part of the armor. You know, we, you, you see study, and I saw a study uh, just today that's being offered on conflict and uh, the armor. And oftentimes prayer is left out of the armor. Don't leave it out. Amen. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Jude said, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Romans 8, beautiful chapter, incredible chapter. Three times the Spirit makes intercession is mentioned in there. Praise God. And thank the Lord. He makes intercession through us. We're praying. We're calling on him. Words that we don't know, don't understand, but God is using you. Amen. To pray about a situation that you're not uh, cognizant of. You're not cognitively aware of what, what's going on. But you feel it in the spirit. Oh, God, let your will be done. Oh, God, help whoever is in need. And uh, praise God. It, it, it's, it's incredible to have that in your walk. And we should. Amen. We should. Because of what the Lord desires to do in us and through us and with us. Praise God. And uh, I'm glad we can be included in his plan. Amen. Those disciples walked with the Lord for three and a half years approximately, uh, seeing the marvels, seeing the signs and wonders, seeing the miracles. Their hearts were broken at the crucifixion. They were despondent. They were in despair. Distress was, oh my, it, uh, it, it would be hard to uh, describe what their expressions were. We, we just know they, they were behind closed doors. Um, they got word from the women who said he's not there. They thought it was idle tales. They, uh, they got word that, uh, you know, it, from John and, and then Peter, uh, his tomb is empty, and, and they were trying to figure out what in the world. And then Jesus is there. Peace be unto you. Wow. And their walk continued. Forty days with him, 
and then Pentecost. He's walking in them. Amen. And on they go. <laughs> Praise God. The Lord wants us to keep going. Well, it's been simple. This is real easy. But it's a concept we've got to get a hold of and say, Lord, I'm really going to walk with you in every aspect that you want me to. Not just, a, uh, not just a surface awareness of this is what I need to do, but a, a, a reality of, of what you want me to do, how you want me to live, how you want me to obey you and please you. Praise God. Stand, please. I mentioned <clears throat> the, uh, uh, the song, Let Me Walk With You, Jesus, as, as a prayer. And I'd like for us to sing that as a prayer tonight. It's, it's a real simple chorus if you're not familiar with it. Uh, it you, you can pick up the lyrics real fast. And uh, let it be a prayer from your heart. Praise God. Don't ever leave me alone, Lord. Because I know without you, I could never, I could never make heaven my home. And that's what he wants for you. I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. I will come again and receive you unto myself. Praise God. That's what we believe is next. God's calendar, if we can refer to it that way. Praise God. I believe he is about to come. And that's where we want to be with him. Can we sing it together now? Praise God.